Yeah. Let's pray for the word this morning. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Father God, for this wonderful time that we can be together as your people. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Lord, I pray that our hearts will be open to hear you speak to us this morning. Lord, we are so grateful for how you take care of us, how you lead us, how you guide us, Lord God. Lord, you have taken us from far, places where we couldn't believe that we would reach here. And Lord, we know that you are faithful with the future. And therefore, with our hearts, we, we trust you completely. There is nothing standing between us and you because we have seen your faithfulness right from the beginning. And you have not let us down. And you will never let us down. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, please, you are invited to bring your friend or bring your neighbor to the AGM. That does not mean that the whole service is going to be about the AGM. Uh, just the 15-minute part of the service, and then the rest of the service will continue. There will still be a word. God will speak to us. So don't think, ah, I don't want to hear about money. So no, the rest of the service will continue as normal, and God will show up. And so um, I think the finances are also very important. So we need to hear how the leadership is stewarding the finances. So please come uh, and bring your, your friends along. Um, to those who were not here last week, we started the Knowing God series. Um, Pastor Hilma helped us understand the omnipotent of God, or the omnipotent God. And uh, he, I mean, she mentioned something about God being almighty and God being all-powerful, okay? And so that is what happened last week. And so these following Sundays that are going to come, we are going to continue digging into knowing God, and um, we'll continue looking at, like today we are going to look at the omnipresent. God, we will get into detail of that just now. And then next week, Sunday, will be um, omniscient God, which Pastor Chris will um, handle that. And then the other following Sundays will be benevolent God and immutable God. These are all characters, or these are all attributes of God. And uh, I'm sorry this morning I, I don't have the slide. Um, I tried to get the slide, but there was a lot of things happening. So, but yeah, uh, um, this is just the way how things are, and that's how it's going to be. God will speak to us nonetheless. Amen? Yeah. So when we are talking about God's attribute, we need to know that there are those attributes that God shares with us. Like his love, we can be loving. Like his mercy, we can have mercy towards other people. Like his grace, we can be gracious. If you look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit that is spoken about in Galatians 5.22, all that is God's attribute. 
Peter, in his letter, he's encouraging us to be holy because God is holy. And that is an expectation from God where he is holy and he has put in us that aspect of holiness. So there are those attributes that God shares with us. And I just want to say that these specific attributes are called communicable attributes. In other words, it's attributes that God can share with the people. Now, when we are looking at these omnis of God, they are called incommunicable attributes. It's attributes that only God can be. We can be ever-present at the same time. We can be all-powerful like God is. We can be um, all-knowing like God is. So these are attributes that only God can be. So we must please understand that. So, um, however, let me say that uh, today we are going to talk about the omnipresent of God. What does that mean? It means that God is present. He's present here. He's present there. He's present close to you. He's present out there. He's present far away. And he's also present very near. Okay? Um, that's basically the definition. If you look at the timeline, eh? the timeline, 100 years BC, 2017 AD, if you look at that timeline, God has been present all that time. God has been there. He has been there when your grandmother was there, was being born, your great-grandmother. God has been there, and he is here right now. So that's the understanding of what it means by the omnipresence of God. But I must say that there are two misconceptions. We must deal with the misconceptions every time. Because God is so big, and he is so mighty, and he is so powerful, and he, we can't really comprehend him. Sometimes we try to put him in some boxes to try to fit him in. And um, some of those misconceptions are like the pantheism, belief, that worship, these are, this is the worship that admits that all is God. Everything. God can be seen in everything, in everything. Even here is God of this pulpit. God is in here. God, God is in the mic. God is everywhere. And that's their understanding. And so this understanding is contradicting with the God of the Bible. When he's talking about his presence everywhere, he does not mean that his presence is in objects, in things that is created by human hands. That's not what it means. It means that, especially in Acts chapter 17, to help us understand what he means by this kind of presence. Acts chapter 17, from verse 24 to 27, it says... The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven 
and earth. And he does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not saved by human hands. As if he needed anything rather. He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. This is the God we are talking about. This is the God that does not have boundaries. God who is not limited by space or time or speed. The God who does not have a shape. A God who does not conform to anything. He is a mighty God. He is ever present in any way in Everywhere. Okay? That's the God we are talking about this morning. He is the God of the Bible. He is the God of Jacob, Abraham, and Isaac. He is the God that was always there. So if there are borders to God, if you put boundaries or borders to him, he would be limited. He would be limited. Now the God we are talking about this morning, he is not limited. He's an unlimited God. He's an unlimited God. The infinity God has no shape or sight. He appears however way he wants. You might maybe come back to me and say, no, but he did appear to Moses and the scripture says he saw this, the, the backside of God. That's how he wanted to appear to Moses that time. Something that Moses could comprehend. But that doesn't mean that's how he is. His presence can be seen in a cloud descending over a tabernacle. His presence can be seen over a light traveling with the Israelites in the wilderness at dark and in the evening. It's his presence. His presence can be sensed by us here this morning when we are worshiping him. He comes and he speaks to us. He touches us differently based on our faith and where we are at in our walk with him. That's how amazing that presence is. The worship team here is worshiping and we think that we are at the same level with Mark. Mark is at another level. And only God knows where Mark is at. And I'm standing down there and I'm like, yes, Lord. I'm at another level. But God is at all those levels. That's the presence that we are talking about. We cannot limit him. We cannot limit him. Talking of space. If you hear how Louis Giglio explains this God, you will be amazed. He is talking about the God in space, farther out, 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 out. In galaxies and Milky Ways up there, I don't even know what those things are. You, 
You hear galaxies and Milky Ways, you're like, okay, so is there milk? No. <clears throat> That's my context. <laughs> That's how my limited context is. But he's there. And you know what's amazing? He's down here. At the same time, he's down here with us. That's an amazing presence. I don't know what kind of shape can you put to that distance and say, ah, he's this huge or he's that huge. I remember one time somebody had an amazing explanation. He says, imagine this, the pin of the key here, to be the globe, the earth. But that person had a pin. You know, you know those spin with the head, little head? And he put a hand like this. And imagine this being the hand of God. And he says, the scripture says the world, he holds the world in the palm of his hand. And he says, somewhere there, on, on that, there's a continent, Africa. Huh? There's a continent, Africa, somewhere there. And there, there's a country called Namibia. There, somewhere there. And then, zoom in. Oh, there's a city called Vinduk. And then deep in there, there's a church called Every Nation sitting here this morning. And, and there, there you are. There. And his presence is there. Come on, give the Lord a hand. He is, he is amazing. He is amazing. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I think about these things, I just can't but stop and let God be God. Sometimes I want to, yeah, by God, yeah, by God. But when you think about how Amazing he is. You just go like, okay. It's fine. It's all right. Let you be God. And that's my encouragement this morning. That let God be God. He is an amazing God. And he loves us. He does not need us for his existence. But yet, he chooses us. Don't ask me why. This is the journey, and this is why we, we are talking about this series. Is it's your responsibility to really put a place in your heart and say, I think I must know this God. Because what kind of a person who does not need me, yet he is around me? If you are a normal person, you would ask yourself, there's got to be something I'm missing here. And I would rather want to know, I would rather want to know why. What is man 
that you are so mindful of him. That you care for him. When you look about how great and how amazing, how you don't need me and yet you care about me. What is it? This is the omnipresent God we are talking about. What makes this assembly a Christian assembly? It's another question. This is because we are talking about a God who is here today. As we worship, we can sense his presence right here. And there at Emmanuel Church, they are experiencing exactly the same thing. Out of this city, everywhere else, Right now, people are saying God is in their service. No, he's at our church, no? He was at our church. His presence is everywhere at the same time. I have a family in New Zealand, and, 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 and the thing that comforts me is... I know that he's there. I don't have to worry because he's there. So I ask and say, Lord, please look after him. Please, Lord, take care of him. Because his presence is there. Now, he's not like the G, the G, what do you call these uh, three, uh, what is the security company? G4S. The G4S has different cars everywhere around the city, to try to cover. Sometimes those little cars are late to get to the house. He doesn't wait for a call from the center of station. But there is a house somewhere quickly, the alarm went off, go check. No, he's there. The moment you call, you're like, I don't know, I'm right here. What's the problem? He is an amazing God. He is an amazing God. And again, space, matter, speed, and distance do not limit God. It does not limit God. The problem is with us. Our concept of material, the fact that we focus so much on material, we want everything to sort of have some shape. Like, okay, how would, how would it look like? Oh. When it comes to God, don't put a shape to him. When it comes to God, let him be God in your life, in the lives of others, and let him do what he needs to do based on his will and whatever he wants to do. The second misconception is deism. Deism is the belief that God created the world, everything, and then he removes himself from what he has created. Do you hear what they're saying? And then he took his presence away from what he has created. He only intervenes when something is wrong to punish 
a God with a big stick and a long beard. This is the God that we struggle with. The idea, the concept that we struggle with in Africa. This is how we are brought up. You don't see mom and dad in the house until something is wrong. When everything is right, they are just there and you are there. When you need shoes, that's when you show up. If your shoes are fine. And so our understanding of authority in God is a God that is removed. A God that is separated from what he has created. But that's not the God we are hearing of scripture. We are hearing a total different God. So that idea must fall. It must fall. It must. It must fall. We cannot limit God. We cannot say that his presence that is everywhere at the same time is removed. Why? Why would he be removed from what he has created? If creation reveals the glory of God, why would his presence be removed? People that could not read and write, that's our ancestors, they had a concept and an idea and an understanding that there must be a God. Look, look, but yet he is removed. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Why would you deny? Why would you deny that? You see everything, everything, but yet you deny. You know what Romans 1, verse 18 says? The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who, surpasses, or who suppress the truth of their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible quality, his eternal power, his divine nature has been clearly seen. We have seen it. We even understand that there must be a mediator between God and man. That's why the Hereros use their ancestors. There must be a mediator. Where did that concept come from? From people who could not read and write and they did not even have the scripture. It was revealed to them by God. A God who is ever present. When I was a little child, if somebody swears, without anybody telling me, I would say, Haka! Haka! Watukana! Watukana! A little boy! How did I know? That that is something wrong. Did somebody tell me? Maybe, but God has revealed those qualities of righteousness in my heart. His presence is with us. His presence will lead us. His presence will show us what is right and what is wrong. Now, there is that thing where us as human beings, we have this thing where we, we keep our friends very close and our enemies 
far, far away. Unless you've got an agenda why you are keeping your enemies close. And I only saw that in generations. <laughs> why would you keep your enemies close? Let's say if you borrow money from someone and you are struggling to pay. Do you come to them all the time and say, I'm really struggling to pay? Oh, sorry, I don't have another news. It's the one that I had last week. I'm struggling to pay your money. No. You keep them very far away. And very interesting enough, you are the first one to also spot them from a distance. <laughs> oh? So that you don't mix. Even if they don't ask, you are feeling guilty in your heart. Oh, there they are. Now I'm sure they're going to talk about that money issue. So the person starts, okay, how are you doing? Ah, struggling, struggling. Even if you're not struggling. Don't lie. <laughs> so it's in us. It's a human thing. What happens to Adam and Eve in the garden? As soon as they disobey God, as soon as they fall short of God's glory, what happens? They run away. Was God saying, no, 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 I'm not holy, I can't come to you, but Adam, where are you? No. God was coming to Adam. Adam was running away. It's in us. It was caused by sin, that thing of running away from our enemies, keeping our enemies far, far away. It's because of sin. You see very good friends, 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 friends now, and soon as something happens, I, I don't want to do anything with that person. Don't even talk to him about, what happened? My friend, I said, you? No. Sit down, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> we can have coffee. You know what is worse? When you see two lovebirds, and they are committing to one another, till death do us apart. And when it is time to divorce, it's like, I say, what happened to you two? When you just, the most perfect people that we just saw the other day, how people tear each other apart, how they say the words they say to one another, and how quickly they want to get out of that house so that they don't see you again. Sin is a big problem. And we must admit and accept that we are sinful people. Something will happen. Something will happen. But you know what God is saying? Let's hear what God is saying. Psalm 139. From verse 7 to 11. This is what the scripture says. Let me wait a little bit for everybody to get there. Verse 7. As soon as when we sin, when we realize that we are sinful, we don't want God. We don't want to be associated with God. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? 
If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be darkness to you. Our God is everywhere. Our God is everywhere. This thing of sin is the thing that is making us think that his presence is away from us. It's sin that makes us think that his presence is away from us. We came up with concepts like, my prayers are just hitting the ceiling. As if like your prayers have a tube <laughs> that they are supposed to be channeled through Talk to God. He's next to you. He's in you. He's with you. This thing of removing yourself away from the fellowship. I'm not going to go to church because I feel horrible. I can't come into the presence of God because of my situation. He's there. Even in the situation. <laughs> Friends, the omnipresent God is not a God that wants to cause us fear. He's not that kind of a God when you say, ah, if I continue sinning here, he's just going to wake me now because he's here. No. He's a God who loves us very much. He's a God who loves us very much. That's why he says he did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. So that we can think purely about him. We can think that he is not separating himself from us. You know what is amazing? Look at Colossians 1, verse 21. Colossians 1 verse 21. It's an amazing passage. Because it brings into perspective what we are just saying. Are we there? Not yet. We have to press the buttons. And the phone must first load. <laughs> Buffer. It's buffering. Okay, let me read. Verse 21, it says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies, where? <laughs> it's in your mind that you are an enemy with God. In your mind. Why would God make a plan right already in Genesis 3.15? To redeem us if we are his enemies. You were not here, I was not here. But God had a plan. He says, this day, 
Maria will be born. And as soon as Maria realizes their situation, I'm there to redeem them. I already have a plan for that situation. They will be born in sin, but that situation will not be able to be the situation that will identify them. Because I've made a plan. I don't think somebody like that will be your enemy. In his nature. But it's us thinking like that. But now, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Accusation from who? From the enemy. Where are those accusations happening? Up here. That's why in Romans 1, I mean Romans 12, he speaks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the way how we see God, the way how we view God, it's all up here. As a man thinks, so is he. God's presence is not defined by our thoughts. He is present, whether you think like that or you don't think like that. He's ever present. Now, I think the very obvious question then is, what is the purpose of his presence? What is the purpose of this presence that is among us, of him being with us? That purpose is purely for salvation. We have a, a God who is so huge that we cannot comprehend fully, but that does not mean that there is nothing that we can know about him. Everything, everything, that we need to know about God for us to come to salvation. He has made it plain to us. His presence is so that we can have a relationship with him. His presence is so that we can know him. In theological terms, we talk about an incomprehensible God, but yet knowable. He's a God that is difficult to comprehend. A God that is not possible to know everything about him. When I was a child, I used to ask my dad, Dad, when there was nothing, what was there? <laughs> who, cre who created God? No, God is not created by anything. He, he's, he has ever been. How can that be? These are questions that we don't have answers for. Why? Because he did not reveal them to us. But there are other things that he has revealed to us. There are other things that he has made known to us. Like his love. The ability to love somebody. Someone once said to me that 
there was such an amazing love between God, the Holy Spirit, and the Son that was just pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping. And he says, let us create men and multiply this love. Now, when you are just a newlywed couple and you don't have kids, there's so much passion that this passion then immediately procreates into other people. It's something of God that he has given us. How do we know? Because we also share the same thing that he shares. When he says he loves the world, he loves the world to the point of death. I understand that now, that Oliver and Lizzie are running around. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to let those things happen to my children. I would do everything in my power. I would die saving them. But you know what is difficult about us human beings? Is that we are not omnipresent. It's very sad that we lose our families through accidents. And you are here in Windhoek and something is happening there on the road and you are not there. And when we are crying at the funeral, we are crying that we couldn't do anything to help. It shows how limited we are. But we must trust the God that is not limited. That's why when we pray for traveling mercy, we are saying, God, we don't know what is coming on the other side, but you know. So please intervene. Sometimes we are sick to the point that we can't see the cause of that illness or that pain or that sickness or that disease. But he is there. So we can now say, God, in your presence, that is everywhere, please intervene. Be with my mom, be with my uncle, be with my brother, my pastor, as he's sitting there in the hospital with tonsillitis. Be there. Be there, God. This is the God. And that's why his presence is there, because every good and perfect gift comes from him. We need to trust him. Now I I grew up in a very traditional church and whenever the pastor is coming people had to be at their best behavior. Eche! Pastor is here. Even a drunk person on the road. <laughs> it's like, what's going on, brother? No, I, Pastor, I. <laughs> I met my best behavior, Pastor. Oh, really? But how about a God? How about that attitude, that same attitude to God? Not out of fear, but out of honor. 
out of honor of who he is and the fact that he's always there. The performance that we put up for the holy things, so-called holy things, which, of which the word holy even derives from who he is, and yet we don't honor him. We don't honor him. Why? Because we want to honor what we see. We are struggling with the fact that God is a spiritual being. And we can't see him. But that needs to get away. Because as soon as you step into the new covenant, you start to realize that something is birthed inside of you. There is an awakening in your heart. Something is quickened in your spirit to sense the things that a mere man will not see. When he says, I will not leave you alone, but I'm going to spend this, send the Spirit of God to be with you, to guide you, to speak to you, to be that voice that we even call that small, I don't even know why we say small little voice inside you. He's God. Why do we say small, still voice? Because when he's speaking to me, my heart beats in my chest. Especially about my behavior that is not pleasing to him. He is amazing. He leads us. He guides us. The psalm is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He's not a shepherd. He is my shepherd. Speaks of the relationship speaks of ownership. And so his presence is to lead you and guide you into paths of righteousness. Paths of righteousness so that the good works can be seen in you. That works which he prepared for you way in advance. So you don't go around now thinking, ah, I just did something good there. Mm, I'm a good person. No. He is good in you. Because it's his work that he prepared for you to do. He has placed it in you. For what? For his glory. So after you have done that, yes, you feel good. But you walk away saying, God, I couldn't have done that if it wasn't you. Because my good works, it, fills, it's, it is filthy rags before the Lord. If it is done out of pride and arrogance, it's filthy rags before the Lord. If it's done out of humility, it's good works. And it's a good aroma. Why is it a good aroma? Because he's there smelling it. It's amazing. It's good. Why would an aroma be not be, should not be smelled? Oh, that was good. After you have done something, he'll... That's good. It's very good. Why? Because it brings glory to him. It brings glory to him. Friends, I'm about to land this plane. And our time is... I don't know how the children's church are doing. But in conclusion, there are three... 
There are three practical meanings of God's presence. One is we can't escape his presence. We can't escape his presence. Never think that you can run away from him. Even if you get in the fastest car, he's there. The fastest car in Namibia is what? Hilda? BMW? <laughs> you can't escape from him. Amos 9. Amos, one of the minor prophets. Or Amos, depending on how. Depending on how you call him. Amos. Amos 9 verse 1b. It says, Not one will get away. None will escape. Though they dig down to the depths below, from there, my hand will take them. Though they climb up to the heavens above, from there I will bring them down. Now, if you are running away from God and you think that you are an enemy of God, God will bring you down. But his children is what the scripture in Psalm 139 speaks about, that his hand will guide them. His enemies, he will hunt them down. <laughs> so we can't run away from God's presence. <clears throat> Remember our brother Jonah. He was sent to go and preach the gospel to the city of Nineveh. And then he decided, Aye, Engenako, Niala. Huh? I don't want Ekveli Itatite. I don't want. So he decided to get on a on a boat that will take him far far away. And boy, he was in that boat sleeping. And the boat started going up and down. The people were freaking out. And they asked him, Why are you sleeping? Can't you see we are dying? Maybe speak to your God so that he do, he do something about this situation. And then he wakes up, he says, oh boy, he's here. <laughs> Throw me out. <laughs> Throw me out. I don't mind dying now. And when he's out there in the water, the fish get hold of him. So he was there in the belly of the whale. Even there, God was there. It's like, God, you know, where can I hide from your presence? If I go into the depths of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. 
And Jonah repents. After three days, he ended up on the shore. When he was repenting, God was hearing his prayer in the belly of the fish. God was hearing his prayer. That was in tongues, by the way, as it was coming out. God was hearing his prayers. God is there. So whether you are under a heavy, thick blanket on a Sunday morning, and you feel like what I've done yesterday, I don't deserve to go to church. He's there. Under that blanket. Just speak to him and repent. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 3, verse 16. It says, today, I mean verse 15. It says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart like you did in the days of rebellion. Today, if you hear his voice. When is today? Can tomorrow be today? Okay. So today, he's here. He's not watching us from a distance. Like that song says, from a distance, God is watching us. <laughs> He's here with us right now. Huh? He's here. So if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And that leads us to the second point. The second point is we, we can all have a personal relationship with God. So his presence is just so that we can notice, oh, okay, you are here. All right. Let's carry on. The business of the day. God is here. No. It's so that we can have a relationship with him. An intimate relationship. The relationship that is the foundation to all relationships. I tell you, if your relationship with God is sorted out, you will not have a problem with all the other relationships. <coughs> That's the basis where we learn how to relate. Because as soon as that relationship was broken in the garden, trust went out of the window. Adam and Eve started blaming one another. This woman. That's when the whole concept of, ah, you are good, you are better than you, started. Competition in relationships. Carried on. <clears throat> so, friends, let's get it right. Let's go back to basics. And that is knowing a God that is not just out there, not interested. He's here. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to save you. He wants to lead you <clears throat> into the ways everlasting. He wants to show you your purpose. He wants to show you the things that he had in plan for you. 
is a God who is giving you an identity so that you can walk tall because you know who you are from a place of relationship. A place where you know him and as you know him, you understand yourself better. <clears throat> a place of confidence. place of boldness. That place, it's an amazing place. But this relationship is also a relationship that will help us so that we don't go to hell. Because we acknowledge that Christ is Lord. We acknowledge that his death <clears throat> had a, an amazing significance in our lives. And it's only from that place, by grace, through faith, that we will step into a relationship with God. And he says in Matthew 28, verse 20, that he will be with us until the end of age. He will be with us. It's a place of relationship that as soon as you discover this amazing relationship, you can't keep it to yourself. You want to share it with someone else. You want to proclaim the gospel. You want to witness about Christ. Because that's the grace of God. And that's how he wants it to be. That none should perish, but that all should come and have eternal life. The third point, and the very last point, whenever we meet as believers, he is with us. Whenever we meet as believers, He is with us. His presence is with us. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. A God that could not wait to dwell among his people. A God that did not just look from heaven and say, uh-uh, they are very sinful. Uh-uh, I can't go into that situation. It's very messy. He came and he tabernacled among us. He walked with us. He lived with us. He did everything with us. And the last day with the disciples, he says, I will not leave you alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send myself, the other. <laughs> myself. I'm going to be with you forever. So where two or three gathers, he's there in their midst. So we must be Cognizance of that. We must change our way of thinking about his presence. For those very reasons. That he is God. Who is not just far away. Because we think that he is our enemy. 
is God who is always here with us for the purpose of relationship, for the purpose of empowering us to continue with his will until he returns and takes us home. Amen? May we all rise. Heavenly Father, we, we are so grateful. We can't say thank you enough. Lord, you lead us, you guide us, but you are with us. Your presence is with us. And therefore, we can know you, God. It's an amazing joy to know you. Lord, we thank you that you don't need us, but yet you take interest in us. You love us deeply. And Lord, we thank you this morning that you're speaking to our understanding. You're speaking to our ways of how we are limiting you. You are speaking to the things we thought you were, but that you weren't, and you are bringing us to the conformity of your will. Lord, we want to thank you that you send your son to reconcile us back to you, to deal with the issue of sin that was keeping us away from you, and now we are in the new covenant. A covenant that has amazing promises than the first one. A covenant that was done once and for all when you shed the blood on the cross. And maybe there are some of us here who don't have that relationship with God. The relationship that we were talking about. You don't know Christ. And you want to know Christ. You are here and you think about God as not being present with you. As God who does not love you. This morning, this word is for you, my brother and my sister. It's for you to help you to come and give yourself to God. To come and change your way of thinking. To come to the arms that are wide open for you to receive the love. Right there where you are standing, I just want you to lift up your hand if you know that you don't have a relationship with God in this way. Just lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand high, nice and high so that I can see. Praise God. Praise God. And we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you this morning. So I just want you to take a step of faith and just come to the front. Right now. Just take a step of faith and come to the front.
come and experience this relationship. Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you, Father God, that you love us. We want to thank you, Lord God, that you care deeply for us. And thank you, Father God, for your sons and your daughters that are in your house this morning. And right there, I just want you to repeat after me. Pray this prayer of faith, a prayer of excitement that you'll be reunited with your Father. Just say, Lord Jesus, here I am in your presence. Receive me as I am. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. And here I am. I open my heart. Come in. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Lead me, Lord. And let me be your son and your daughter in your house. Jesus name. Amen. I just want to pray over you. Lord, we want to thank you this morning for your sons and your daughters. Lord, you take us from far and you bring us near to yourself. But Lord, you are also with us. You're with us. You will not leave us alone. You're with us till the end of age. Lord, I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that they will experience your love. I pray that they will grow and that the enemy will protect them. I mean that you will protect them from the enemy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for bringing them here. Thank you, Lord, that you have plans for them and that they will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Please give the Lord a hand.